0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by our guys at betonline.ag. Ike, there are three weeks left in the regular season. The postseason is almost here. But if you're going to place a bet on an NFL game, betonline is the place to be.
0: Because they never close. 24-7, 365. Make sure y'all bet online. I got it right this time, Mark. (laughs)
1: yeah last week we had maybe the longest ad read in the history of the believe in Steelers podcast but the uh the guys at bet online have been rocking with us all season so head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag and sign up today cue the music it's time to start the show Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, undisputed speed king, number 24, Ike Taylor. Ike, what's happening today? Mark and Mark, what's happening? We got some good
0: stuff to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, let alone the whole AFC division.
1: And that's where I want to start today's show, Ike, is the Steelers' Losers of two consecutive games now sitting at eleven and two, still two games over the Cleveland Browns in the AFC North Division. But that's what I wanted to ask you, Ike, is after these two consecutive losses, what constitutes a successful season for the Steelers?
0: The Super Bowl. Is 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 Super Bowl or not, but at the same time, you just you already position yourself to get in the playoffs. So the Pittsburgh Steelers already clinched the playoffs last week. It's just the positioning in the AFC, in the playoffs. And like I said, man, it's a tough division. You know, in the hunt, it's eight and five in the AFC. Like the Baltimore Ravens are eight and five and they're in the hunt, you know what I'm saying? So it's a tough division. Uh, when it gets down to the playoffs, it's gonna be really about matchups, schemes, personnels, one-on-ones. And right now, that's what, what I was saying last week, Mark, is, you don't want to limp into the playoffs. And right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they kind of just limping. Yeah, they had a fantastic season so far. And, and I think we call that the beginning of the year, 13-3. And I think they're going to go 13-3. and It's just now it's just looking so skeptical. And the reason why it's looking skeptical is <laughs> the Colts are a pretty good team. The Cleveland Browns are not the old Cleveland Browns. They're a pretty good team. So they're playing their last, what, the last three are AFC, Game So the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I think they should beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is coming up this week. But between the Browns and the Colts, man, it's going to be tough. And it's a seating And it's who you play when you get in the tournament. So say, so Pittsburgh, man, they can't be limping. They got to hit the ground running when it comes to these playoffs.
1: And if the Steelers take care of business this weekend against the Bengals, they will clinch the division. They will win the AFC North. And so that's something that... The Ravens have won the division the past two years. But I think that the Cleveland Browns on Monday night football really blew an opportunity. Had the Browns beaten the Ravens on Monday night football, they would be within one game of the division. Now they're two games back with three games left to play. And so it was a classic game to watch on Monday night. But the Ravens, honestly, in a certain sense, kind of helped the Steelers with their win over Cleveland.
0: No, nah, they did. But that's a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. That's a team you don't want to leak in into the playoffs. That was a playoff game to keep a 100 with you. And usually during playoffs, I like to see low-scoring games because that's just what it is. But that that was an instant classic between the, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm going to get off script with this. Pittsburgh, this offseason, got to get them a franchise quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there because Baker Mayfield looking good with Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. Lamar Jackson, is, is he's been looking good, former MVP of the league. He's going to be there a while. It looks like they're going to pick up Baker Mayfield the way he's playing. They're going to they pick up his option at the end of the season. Joe Burrow got hurt last year, but you saw what Joe Burrow was doing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Big Ben, is he's, he's getting old in the tooth right now. I mean, he, he's still able to throw the ball on the way they want him to when it comes down to this short, quick game passing. But Pittsburgh got to have somebody to step in and be ready for the future because the future looked bright for the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens.
1: I completely agree with you, Ike. They have to have some sort of contingency plan with Big Ben because he's only under contract through the 2021 season. So beyond that, and he's starting to get up there in age too What's your plan? And I don't think that the Steelers have the quarterback of the future on the roster. No disrespect to Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs, what have you. But we're seeing what the other quarterbacks in the division can do. And I'm going to put this out there, too. And you might disagree. Our our listeners might disagree with this, too. Mm. With the way that Baker Mayfield's been playing, and a lot of that is tribute to his running game and what Kevin Stefanski does, first-year head coach, coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings a season ago, we know the Browns propensity to run the ball. I will take long-term Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson because as incredible as Lamar was with his legs, we know what a one-man band running style quarterback, what that track record of success or lack thereof is come the postseason. If the Ravens continue to try to play the same way that smash mouth running style football We've been through this so many times before. Marshall Yonda the future Hall of Fame right guard retired. The left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, is out for the rest of the season. Jackson, and you mention this all the time, Ike, if you make him throw outside of the numbers from inside the pocket, that's when he tends to struggle. A lot easier said than done, but against more sound defenses compared to Cleveland on Monday Night Football, the Browns' gap discipline was absolutely abysmal on Monday night. And that's why Jackson absolutely ran wild in the poop and rally game. But we know what running quarterbacks, the lack of success that they have in the postseason, and the lack of longevity too. And Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's the long-term guy in Cleveland yet, but I do think that the Browns should pick up that fifth year option on his rookie deal. That'll be between 25 and $26 million. The way he's been playing the last few weeks he could be the guy of the future in Cleveland. And for all the flack that he got, he's still a third-year quarterback with his fourth different NFL head coach. And it just shows you the importance of coaching in this league. But that Monday night game, Ike, was, it was a great glimpse of the future of the AFC North division.
0: Yeah. And I agree, but that's Lamar Jackson. So you, 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 it's, it's only one Lamar in the league. Can't nobody do what Lamar does when it comes down to running in the league. He's floating. He's in the matrix. Everybody else is struggling to catch him. We call it redlining. I don't know if anybody drive a car, but if you do drive, you know, if you hit it too hard, your car get the redline. and feel like the engine is about to explode. That's what Lamar makes other guys do when it comes down to running and chasing him. Now, the good thing about Lamar, Mark, he really doesn't get hit like that. You know, he's, he's one of the smarter running quarterback. He's not like a RG3 or Mike Vick. They got hit consistently, uh, didn't know how to slide, didn't know how to get out of bounds. So Lamar doesn't really take the shots. If you ask Lamar right now to be a pocket quarterback, that's not going to be Lamar Jackson. And I think that's what the, the Baltimore Ravens are just banking on. Hey, we just got to let Lamar be Lamar. We're going to stick to our running game. We're going to ask him to throw inside the numbers. Yeah, I know everybody gonna crunch inside the, the numbers when it comes down to the playoffs, but we're gonna ask Lamar to use his feet if it needs to be. And that's what Lamar did in the Cleveland Browns. Um, the same way I thought, just off, off script, the same way I thought Taysom Hill should have did against the Philadelphia Eagles it was beat Taysom Hill. You know what I'm saying? Like Taysom Hill, that's what you do. You're not a pocket quarterback right now. Maybe through more reps, more games, you'll be able to be what Sean Payton wants you to be. But man, you you've been winning these last four or five games with the Saints by running the ball. The same way Jalen Hurts did y'all. I felt like Taysom Hill should have did the same. And that's and that's that's a Jalen Hurts, that's a Taysom Hill, that's a that's a Lamar Jackson. Those guys right now are running quarterbacks. So yeah, history does say when you have a, a running quarterback like a Lamar, Jalen Hurts, or or Tayson Hill, they usually don't last too long, but I think these guys are getting smarter. I think the rules have changed for guys hitting quarterbacks now. The longevity might be a little bit different.
1: This is good, Ike. It sounds like you will take Lamar and I'll take Baker long-term in this division, and I want to stay on this because maybe I'm being overly harsh of the reigning MVP, but I go back to what history has shown us in this league. I certainly understand Mm -hmm. the rule changes. I get that Lamar's a little bit different. But And and I hate this that this is the argument. What's the narrative going to be? What are all the talk shows going to say if the Ravens do sneak into the playoffs, but then the Ravens are one and done again? It's going to be same old story with Lamar that we've seen the last two seasons. Now, again, I go back to whether that's warranted or not, because remember, Jackson's still in his third season in the league, but you see what he can do winning an MVP when he has stability from his coaching staff with John Harbaugh, with Greg Roman. And that's what we're finally seeing with Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski and company in Cleveland, in the sense of how important coaching is for the development of a young quarterback.
0: An upgraded version of Kirk Cousins. That's what Baker Mayfield is. He's a more athletic Kirk Cousins. Just think about it. Kirk Cousins has Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, and a nice little tight end. Baker Mayfield has... <laughs> three tight ends and Joku Hooper, and I'm I'm, I'm missing I'm missing one. the, the Harrison Bryant
1: out of Florida Atlantic.
0: Yes, I think he was the tight end, the best tight end in college. He won that yep. award, whatever that yep. award is. So the man got three tight ends. If you look at two running backs, I think the one-two punch is the best one-two punch between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the game, in the NFL game today. If you just look at his wide receiving core. You know, during crunch time, he's going to look for Jarvis Landry. Uh, he got Peoples coming out of Michigan. And Higgins, uh, even though he dropped a few, he's one of their deep main targets. So it, it's it's the same recipe what Coach has in Minnesota that the Cleveland Browns are pretty much doing the same thing. And I just look at Baker Mayfield, and this is no disrespect, like an upgraded version of Kirk Cousins, you know, and, and, and that's just how it is. I think the offensive side, between the Minnesota Vikings and, and the Cleveland Browns, I, I'll tilt that more towards the Cleveland Browns, all because of the running game and Baker Mayfield legs, you know, Kurt is more of a pocket passer. Baker can be a pocket passer. He just so happened to be athletic and can run if he needs to. So that's how I look at it, man. And the recipe right now is the Minnesota Vikings defense is better than the Cleveland Brown defense. So if I'm going into the, to the off season, I'm just looking on defensive guys, you know what I'm saying? So, it's not too much Cleveland really needs. I do agree, like, Baker Mayfield been through some coordinators. He's been, he been through some coaches, a few first-time coaches, a few coaches who have been coaches once before, but not to his liking. And Baker finally got him a coach to his liking. And his coach does like him as well. And you can just see the confidence week in and week out from Baker Mayfield. You get you 49 points. You get you between 45 and 49 points there's not too much you can add to Baker Mayfield. The defense is going to have to have a few stops just as well. So that's how I look at it from that point of view. Yeah, he lost against Lamar Jackson, but at the same time, did my quarterback put me in position to win this ball game? And the game between the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Baker Mayfield put them boys in position to win the ball game throughout the game.
1: After that interception, he balled out. He had three touchdowns, two through the air and one running the ball on the ground and the Browns were down 14 in that one. Let me roll reverse this on you. If Lamar mm. Jackson's in the same situation where he's down 14, does he lead his team back? You know, th- that's a debate you could have really until the end of time. Let me push back a little bit too, Ike, with an upgraded Kirk cousins. If Kirk cousins is your quarterback though, you have a limited ceiling as far as how much success you can have come postseason. So I know a lot of Browns fans won't want to hear that. It's probably to the delight of any Steelers fans listening to this podcast, though. But let me just push back and say that with Baker Mayfield and his ability, that if your comp to him is Kirk Cousins, you're talking about limited. But he, he has a limited ceiling as far as how far he could take the Browns come the postseason. But hey, let me say this though too, and I, this is important to say. If the Browns make the playoffs this season,
0: the Browns mm-hmm. haven't
1: made the playoffs since 2002, Ike. I think that was before yeah, just, you were in the league.
0: Yes, it was a year before I got in the league. Just think about it. Looking at it like this with the limited ceiling, Marky Mark, a lot of quarterbacks in the league have limited ceilings. you only going to name six quarterbacks that's unlimited. You're going to name Drew Brees. You're going to name Tom Brady. You're going to name Deshaun Watson. You're going to name... Lamar, you are gonna name Patrick Mahomes? You are gonna name Josh Allen? Them only really six. You you're gonna name Russell Kierke. Wilson too? Russell Wilson. That's what I was getting to. So you're looking at seven to eight guys who really have no ceiling, as Lil Wayne would say, <laughs> no ceiling. Everybody else have a limited ceiling. Like that's just what it is. And the eight guys, the eight guys I just named, them guys been rotating Lombardis, <laughs> and and that's just yeah. and that's and that's just what it is. So no, every, every guy ain't going to be an Aaron Rodgers. And we forgot Aaron Rodgers just as well. So you get 10 quarterbacks that, that you think that can maybe win in Lombardi or they're going to be in the talk year in and year out. Then you got your quarterbacks that's going to have a fine NFL season, a fine NFL career. There's nothing wrong with Kirk Cousins' NFL career. We just don't think Kirk can win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, if you if they get a different place kicker for a lot of them playoff games, we might be talking differently. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And that's and that's the thing with Baker Mayfield. I'm I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be a Kirk Cousins. All I'm saying, all the ducks gotta be in line for him to get in that position. And I think once they get a nice little solid defense, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna keep the two running backs. I think they're gonna find a way to keep Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs. Once they get in that position, then Baker Mayfield, all he gotta do is do what he do, not turn the ball over. So Everybody ain't gonna be a franchise quarterback. As much as GMs and, and fans want their want their quarterback to be the franchise quarterback, that's not gonna happen. It's very rare. You have a oh, what's my guy name who went to the who went to the Baltimore Ravens when Baltimore was hot at the time. The quarterback Trent Dilfer. Um, Trent Dilfer had a ceiling, and it, it was a small ceiling. <laughs> but he but he had a bad ass defense that carry him throughout the whole way. And he won a Super Bowl. So it's, it, it just depends. Good coaching, great coaching. And I agree with you, with the Cleveland Browns coaching staff, they got a hell of a coaching staff. Cause you, you just, you, you seen a turnover, you seen a turnover ASAP with these guys. Who else? Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills, a hell of a coaching staff. L- so let me give you a
1: more recent example from last year. I kind of mean to interrupt uh-huh. you, but You're the good. 49ers with Jimmy G go to the Super Bowl a year ago, you know. and now all the fans want to run Jimmy G out of town. So I hear you.
0: Jimmy G Jimmy G got a ceiling. So we 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 saw, and you and you know enough about football, you can only put so much on Jimmy G's plate. So they had a running game last year, had one of the best tight ends and kiddos last year, and god dang, when their defense was healthy, boy, that was hell. So, and you can just see by the play calling, now I really got to run the ball. If I put the ball in Jimmy G's hands, that's not really what he do, but they wind up going to the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm saying with Baker Mayfield, having a ceiling for a quarterback ain't bad. You just need a lot of help around the guy. And that's what I think the Cleveland Browns have.
1: Let's move to our Instagram question of the week. And this comes from Jack Nasty and Ike, we need to hear a follow-up to verify that Jack Nasty is real. I know yeah, we were Jack talking nasty. some before the before yeah. the pod, but
0: Jack, we need we need a, a verification. It don't need to be a blue check, but we need some kind of <laughs> verification that this is the real Jack Nasty. Well, you can go <laughs> on with the question, Mark and Mark.
1: Jack asks us: Will the Steelers run game be fixed anytime soon? I know the Steelers had some injuries along the offensive line at the left guard position. The two starters, Filer and Dotson, both got hurt in the Sunday night game. But, uh, Ike, what do you see there with the Steelers' run game? Something that has been a struggle the last several they, weeks. They,
0: their short passing game is their run game. I mean, it's still the fans just going to have to face it. As much as I want them to run the ball, honestly, if you just look at Deontay Johnson, if he wouldn't drop them first couple of passes, the game would have been totally different. It would have been – in a different momentum, Pittsburgh would have been on, on on the road. They would have been in rhythm. Between him and Eric Ibram, if them boys catch their passes, man, we might be talking totally different. And that's how I really, really feel. Ben, not Coach Randy, not Coach Randy, the O.C. I'm talking about Ben. That's, that's what Ben wants to do. Ben wants to pass the ball and, and get out of his hands and get it to his playmakers, but they got to catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you can't just get a right game overnight. You know, so I'm, I'm not looking for Pittsburgh to get a run game overnight. Yeah, I did hear they say with a Buffalo Bills game on Friday that Coach T had them put the pass on. Didn't mean a damn thing because once they got in the game on Sunday, they went right back to their quick game. And I think their quick game passing game is a version of their run game, Mark.
1: I thought it was no surprise that James Conner now has a quad injury that he's dealing with. If I were the Steelers and he's even questionable, sit him out against him the out. Bengals I because – The Steelers are 13-point favorites against the Bengals, obviously without Joe Burrow. We've talked about Deontay Johnson and how he was pressing when he was the team's return man earlier this season. Two more Mm -hmm. drops on Sunday night football, and he got benched for a good portion of the game. He leads the NFL with nine drops, and so he's Mm got to let the game come to him a little bit more, just look the ball in because, yes, you have the drops, but – if you look at the advanced metrics and the statistics, once he has the ball in his hands, he's one of the most elusive receivers in the league. So if I were a coach, it's just like, it's as simple as it, you know, it goes back to fundamental coaching, the simplicity of watch the ball all the way into your hands. People always say, oh, it's, he has bad hands. He has bad hands. It's all about no, actually watching true. it all the way in and the concentration. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I don't know if you're going to agree with me with this one, but it was so clear when Deontay Johnson was out that lineup, there was no explosiveness from that wide receiver core, let alone that Pittsburgh still offense. So that just showed me how valuable Deontay Johnson is. He's the best player on the offense, point blank. He's the offense best player. You saw when he came out the game, you saw the offense without Deontay while Deontay Johnson, and it was just an okay offense. Now you saw when he came back into the game later on in the second half, how explosive that offense is and why Big Ben wants to go to this guy pretty much every time during crunch time, because like you said, his elusiveness and everything else. So all Deontay, Deontay just fighting himself right now. And And I've been there a time or two overthinking, but a guy like that, he just wants to get the ball, run and make a play but he just have to understand, man, I can't make a play unless I have the ball. So I know it's concentration and he just got to get back to concentrating and catching that ball, Mark.
1: And that goes back to your point, Ike of the quick passing game serving as an extension of the running game and how you get one thing going and that helps with help set up the run. It helps continue to move the clock. And that was something where I think the Buffalo bills really exposed. I am happy as good as the bills looked on Sunday night, Ike, that you're not one of these pundits who we haven't seen it yet. And it's Wednesdays; we get into Thursday and Friday. I think there are going to be some people out there that will say, "Oh well, I think that the Bills could give the Chiefs a run for the money in the play- in the playoffs." And it's like I look—you know—I look at the odds and the odds makers and everything. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills are a nice story. They'll likely win the AFC East division for the first time right. in more than a decade because the Patriots were. Dominant for so long in that division, but I still think it's the Kansas city chiefs conference to lose. And really I would expect them to win back-to-back super bowls at the same time. That hasn't been done since the Patriots in like the mid 2000s. So we'll see how all of this shakes out, but I know everyone's down on the Steelers right now at 11 and two. My preseason prediction, Ike, of eleven and five is still alive. I hope that doesn't come to fruition. It is. You pick the Steelers to go 13 and 3 at the start of the season. It might be right in the middle, 12 and 4 of right in right. the middle of both of our predictions. So we we were both spot on there. I certainly hope the Steelers do not lose out. And my prediction doesn't come true, but you're kind of limping, like you said, at eleven and two headed into this game against the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: What's good for Pittsburgh is Joe Burrow isn't playing because Joe Burrow don't care what what ranking your defense is. And right now, Pittsburgh is limping on defense. You know, Joe was out with a concussion. Hopefully, he'll come back this week. Vince, Spillane, Bud, a lot of those guys been out. I'm sure they might get Spillane and, and Vince Williams back. Obviously, they're not going to get Bud Dupree back. He's out with the ACL. Highsmith been doing a good job, but he's been hurt he got hurt the Buffalo Bills game. So I get the next man up, but at the same time, you can only go so deep on that roster at the linebacker position. So they're hurting at the linebacker position, and that's where you saw the Buffalo Bills take control on running the ball late because a lot of secondary guys, they make executive decisions (laughs) when it comes down to tackling the running back in that third or fourth quarter, depending on how much pounding they take. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, when they – one, this is something you don't want to do. You don't wanna be not healthy going into the playoffs. And right now they're not healthy. And they missing key guys right now at a time that you don't wanna miss key guys. So that's why I don't I don't mind saying Buffalo has a chance with the 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 Kansas City Chiefs because I, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs, they they kind of been limping. They've been getting up early, scoring fast. But when I seen them play the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know. Tom Brady came back, even though they lost, it was 28 24. So you damn near score 28 points in the first half and don't score nothing in the second half. And then when you come down to a Miami, if Miami had any kind of offense, any kind of offense, because Miami had three turnovers and a fumble. So if Miami had three, kind, three interceptions and a fumble recovery. So if they had any kind of offense, we would be talking differently. So, and that's just what it is, man. Like, I think it's a blueprint out for the Kansas city chiefs and that's to sit <laughs> Patrick Mahomes butt on the sideline. But at the same, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's just so hard to do. You're not really going to outshoot them guys between Hardman, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, man. God Lee, you can just, every, every week he's performing every week he's performing. So you got about four or five guys, you know, over there on the offensive side and you want to talk about a, a quarterback that's having disposal at every every position, that's elite. That's what Patrick Mahomes have. It's just their defense. Their defense can lay down as well as anybody. They're just benefiting off their offense. We ain't never saying the Kansas City Chiefs is benefiting off their defense. No, the Kansas City defense is benefiting off their offense. So, and that's going to be tough going into the playoffs, you know? So that's how I look at it. And I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, man. They're... Josh Allen is is blooming right in front of our eyes. And he's finally taking care of his body. And the defense for Buffalo, if you look at the second half stat for the defense for Buffalo, I think they lead the league in turnovers in the fourth quarter. So you got a coach and you got a defensive coaching staff like, okay, this is exactly what they want to do in the fourth quarter. They ain't changed no more because the first and the second, they gave us everything we had. Now let's roll. Same thing they did with Pittsburgh. They knew the ball was coming out quick. They sat on them routes, caught one to the house. So, and they're getting back healthy. And that's the key part to making a strong push to this playoffs and hopefully winning on Lombardi. Which team is healthy or getting back healthy later on in the season?
1: Yeah, Ike, who knew that we would have to attend William and Mary? And who knew that William and Mary would be a pipeline for NFL head coaches? (laughs) Because you got Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott, two of the best in the AFC right now.
0: No, for real. Yeah, them them, them two guys, and they got so much respect for each other. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that was, you saw them talking before the game because they played with each other. So that, that was, that was a good thing to see. And we say coaching is everything. And you can't blame a quarterback. Going first round, and you don't think he panned out. The first thing I'm gonna ask is who the hell was his coach? Because when you have good coaches like a Sean McDermott, a Coach T, a Harbaugh, a Andy Reid, a Pete Carroll, a Bill Belichick, when you have coaches like that, man, you feel like you have an opportunity, you know. And that's what I that's what you gotta like about the relationship between Lamar Jackson and Coach Harbaugh he really does love Lamar Jackson. And when you got the head man like genuinely loving you and if you mess up, he gonna tell you you mess up but this is what he think you need to do and If you want to hold off the field goal team because you think you can get it on the fourth and one, Coach Harbaugh will give you no slack. That's a rare relationship, but everything has. And I I told you this plenty of times. I was just very blessed and fortunate enough not only have be around Hall of Fame coaches and players but just a hall of fame organization, a hall of fame owner. And that means a lot because we've gotten guys from other organizations and they understood when they came in the door, like, now we see why y'all went. Cause I didn't get this part of my game. And what you mean by that? I didn't get this coaching part. Like my coach didn't simplify this to me. Like I wasn't aware on this formation trips. if, If we got trips left and backside, like you got to stay inside because either you're getting a slant or you're getting a go. Like, it's, it's it's more detail. I don't know if you line up in trips, the third guy trips closer to the running back, either he's going to do an over route to suck up the, the free safety or he's going to be deep enough because the weak side linebacker doesn't like to get deep. Like, it's stuff you just pick up and it, and it all works. But the coaching staff that I had, man, is between, I mean, Dick LeBeau, Hall of Famer. Russ Grimm, Hall of Famer. Mike Munchak, Hall of Famer. Coach Bill Cowher, Hall of Famer. I'm sure when Coach T get done, Coach Mike T, Hall of Famer. Uh, Paul Rooney, Hall of Famer. So I've just been surrounded from a coaching staff-wise Hall of Famers. Now, I'll tell you this. My best detailed coach was Coach Ray Horton. Coach Ray Horton, he simplified football for everybody. I'm talking about even to the point where Coach B.A., who is our offensive coordinator, would ask Coach Ray Horton during the game, what are they trying to do to us? And Coach Ray Horton would break it down to him during the game. And that's why our offense was, that's why Big Ben was throwing for 5000 and 4500 Like, Coach Ray Horton was a significant part to, to my success when it came down to IQ. Now, Coach T on a whole different level. You know, Coach T level is I'm getting the guys I want. I'm drafting the guys I want, and here's where I want them to be. That's a totally different level because usually you just leave it up to the GM. But between him and Kevin Colbert, those guys are always on the same page. That's why you rarely see Pittsburgh miss on draft picks unless they corners because they've been missing on corners for some reason. But other than that, man, like you say, you talked about this at the beginning of the show, coaching means everything, and there's a lot of coaches in the NFL that can probably can coach, they just don't know how to relate a message. And that's why we call good teachers, teachers. Teachers understand that you can't teach every kid the same. You got to figure out different ways to teach kids. That's why they become great teachers. Same way with coaching. You can't coach every young man the same. Once you figure out, and that got to be ASAP, because you only got a short window to coach in the NFL. Once you figure out who can do what or simplify it, that's when you become a great coach. So I've just been surrounded by greatness when it came to coaching. And I agree with you 100%. Bro, coaching is everything.
1: I think that comes across with your analysis too, Ike, in the sense that you're able to break things down so simply for our listeners, whether they're football gurus or if they don't really know a whole lot about the sport. And I think that's what makes listening to you so insightful. And I always learn something from you every single show and so to learn about the influences of your coaches and a guy like Ray Horton, that comes across in your analysis of the sport.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I had the opportunity to coach my son for three years. And the three years, we won two AAU national championships, came runner up on, on one. And I just took how I got coached and even simplified it more for my kids. And we didn't even have a playbook, Marky mark. There was no playbook. Like, I, I simplified it so much for my kids to where we ran, if we was on offense, if you was a wide receiver, we ran the wide receiver routes by numbers. So I'm going to simplify it to you just like this here. Even numbers are inside. odd numbers are outside. And my kids took that and ran with it. Now, who I got that from was Uncle Michael Irvin. So I asked Uncle Michael Irvin when I was working with him at some point in time, like, how did y'all, what did y'all call the offense? He was like, for the receivers, we just called numbers. I said, numbers? He was like, yeah, so all inside routes are even numbers. All outside routes are odd numbers. I said, holy moly. I say, say less. That's exactly that's exactly what I'm gonna do with my kids. And for me to win national championships, not to two more on home, but for me, for us to have no playbook, and for them kids to memorize plays, I thought that was very good, but I, I'm, I'm like a sponge. I, I ask everybody, I don't care whether you played football or you didn't play football, because there's a lot of good coaches out there, great coaches who never played football, but just know the game and know how to explain the game, like a Bill Belichick. You know what I'm saying? So, and even from your standpoint, like I always like to listen to people because they're going to say something I've never probably thought of. So I always like to pick up and learn. I never, I never, just because I played 12 years. I don't wanna ever feel like I know more than you. Like you, at some point in time, you will have a point that I probably never thought about that I can put in my game. Like, okay, Martin said this, like I never thought about it like that, but I'm sure gonna use it. I'm sure gonna use that thing and just put it in my recipe. So that's what I think football is. And what I think life is, is just all about learning.
1: If I were ever in a position Run the naked bootleg on the goal line. I feel like that it's always underrated and it always works because everyone always crashes towards the middle. So that's where I'll leave that there. To make the Hall of Fame, Ike, and I'm going to transition here, you've got to make some Pro Bowls at some point during your playing career. And several Steelers are up for consideration. Just wanting to go through the roster really quickly based on play this season of who you felt was worthy for the Steelers to make the Pro Bowl this season. I think TJ Watson, obvious one. Okay. I honestly, it, and I, I'm going to say this too. I don't care who else from the Steelers roster makes the Pro Bowl or is named to the Pro Bowl, but right. Mike Hilton needs to be there. And I am going to be adamant about this based on the way he's played this season. He's been all over the field for the Steelers this season. He deserves to make the Pro Bowl and to be named a Pro Bowler, but is there anyone else who sticks out to you?
0: Okay. Cam Hayward has been the most consistent between him and TJ. When you want to talk about being consistent and having the best grades, it's been Cam and TJ Watt. You still can't sleep on Minka. You know, you still can't sleep on Minka. Mike Hilton, I think they're going to show up Mike Hilton because that's just how the league is. But man, what Mike, what Mike Hilton has been doing, and we talked about Mike Hilton from the beginning of the season, how valuable Mike Hilton is to this Pittsburgh still Steelers defense. And you saw when he was down a couple of games and when he came back, it was a totally different Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So he has a lot of value. I don't know if other people and fans feel the same way about Mike Hilton, but I agree with you. Mike should at least get mentioned when you want to talk about these Pro Bowls. But when you, I'm looking at I'm looking at Mink, I'm looking at TJ, and I'm looking at uh, Cam, when you want to talk about the guys coming off this Pittsburgh Steelers defense.
1: Yeah, and so we'll see which of the Steelers players make it because – It's crazy how much has changed these last two weeks after two losses. Everyone's, Mm -hmm. oh, the sky's falling and everything. Just so happens you have two tough games. The Washington football team's now in the lead in the NFC East division. So they're playing real well. And we know what the Bills are doing. I think this week against the Bengals is going to be a get-right game. It's 13-point favorites. You've got to take care of business. A win clinches the division if you need any more incentive to beat an AFC North foe. They can also win the division with a Browns loss against the Giants, or if the Steelers and the Browns somehow both tie their Week 15 games, the Steelers would also clinch the AFC North. But win and you take care of business. The Steelers are already in the playoffs, but that gives me all the incentive I would need from a player standpoint, headed into Monday night's matchup against the Bengals?
0: I think they should smoke the Bengals. You know what I'm saying? That's just my personal opinion. I think the Pittsburgh should come out and smoke smoke the hell out of the Bengals. I think they're going to split between the, the, the Colts and the Browns. I think they're going to lose one of those two games. And the reason why I feel like they're going to lose one of those two games is because the Baltimore Ravens did have a nice little blueprint. You just got to have the secondary to do it. And what I saw with the Buffalo Bills was they got up and they played bump and run. And when you threw the timing off a quick passing game, there is no quick passing game with the bump and run. So really the only two routes you can do when you're coming off a bump and run is a slant or a fade. And Ben, he threw a pick on one of the deep passes to James Washington. And the timing was off with Chase Claypool a few times just as well. So getting to your point, I think they're gonna split between one and two because the Colts' defense ain't bad at all, and they got two running backs. They got Hines, a young stud, coming out of coming out of North Carolina. My 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 nephew Savion, his homeboy, and Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. You saw what he just did, and he's a big boy. So T. Y. Hilton, they got nice. They got a nice little group over there. So I'm burdened at the tight end position. You just gotta see what Phillip Rivers you gonna get. That's the only problem. You can get the fill of rubbers that look good, or you can get the fill of rubbers that look like a free agent. <laughs> it's, it's one of the two, but I think they're going to split between one of those two guys, man. Like I I think 13-3 to sounds about right. I think they should, beat. they should beat the Cincinnati Bengals, but between the Cleveland Browns and the Indy Colts, man, I think they're going to split one of them.
1: You just want the Steelers to split, so your preseason prediction comes true, just to prove that you're psychic, Ike. I know what you're doing here. Don't act like I no, don't know what you're doing.
0: It's, it's that limping. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the I guys who's hurt on that on that defense, and I'm looking at the inconsistency on that offense. So right now, they're like, if the playoffs was to start today, the Buffalo Bills would be looking good. The Baltimore Ravens—they better hope the Baltimore Ravens don't sneak in because, of matchup-wise, matchup-wise, from offense to defense, Baltimore Ravens match up very well with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So, time to tell, man. Like I'm—that's the team I'm nervous about—is the Cleveland Browns and the
1: Baltimore Ravens, the two division teams. Who would you want from a player standpoint? which team would you want to be matched up against if you're a Steelers player
0: right now, the Ravens and the reason why I want the Ravens is they don't have Nick Chubbs and Kareem hunt, you know, as a, as, as a secondary guy, like we got to stop those two. We stop those two. We got to make Baker Mayfield beat us. But if you let Lamar be a former MVP Lamar and escape, then then you got problems because the Baltimore Ravens have a hell of a defense. But right now, if I had to pick between the two, man, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play Baltimore because I don't want to see. I don't want to. I just need. I just need to contain Lamar Jackson because it's, it's just one guy got to stop, and that's Lamar Jackson. You know, uh, their wide receiver cores okay. They got some nice tight ends, so I know he's gonna be looking towards his tight ends when it comes down to the passing game. The running game ain't bad at all, but it's not like that. It, it really starts with Lamar Jackson. So all I have to do is stop Lamar Jackson. Cleveland, I got to stop two dogs sitting in that backfield, and that's going <laughs> to be tough to do. The Colts got another set of two dogs in that backfield. Who else we got? Really, I got to just face Josh Allen if I'm, if I'm talking, but they got two dogs on the outside where really three dogs, Gabe Davis, Beasley, and Diggs. So it is like, it's, it's, it's tough. But right now, if you give me a team, if you let me have a team, man, put me against the Ravens. I feel like I got a shot against the Ravens because technically I feel like I really just got to hold one guy down. And that's Lamar Jackson. Coach T said it best. We respect them, but we don't fear them. And and that's how they played.
1: Yeah. And Hollywood Brown certainly still a young player. He had three drops in the Monday night game And if you want to know about Jackson's passing ability, yes, he hits Mark Andrews up the seams, but Hollywood Brown's best game this season came when McSorley came in to relieve Robert Griffin, the third earlier this season. And he's the third string quarterback. So that tells you all you need to know about the core that Jackson has with his receiving core to the receivers on the outside, on the perimeter of the field. So Ike, you're spot on. You're spot on when you say with Jackson, he's the guy you have to focus on. He just doesn't have that continuity with Report his receivers right that other quarterbacks Correct. have.
0: I agree. I agree. So that's that's why I feel like I have my best chance. If, if you gave me the option like you just did, put me against the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Ike, final thoughts before signing off here. This is always fun on the Believe in Steelers podcast. Anything else you want to discuss?
0: Pittsburgh, I'm just going to reiterate what I just said. Pittsburgh need to find a guard on, find them a quarterback early. You know, going on, draft your quarterback early because this division got young quarterbacks and, you know, eight and five ain't getting you in the playoffs. I'm going to say it again. Eight and five, you're looking from the outside in. So right now, look at the Baltimore Ravens. The Cleveland Browns, ain't the Cleveland Browns no more of old. The Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, as I would call them, have a bright future. So seven, big, Ben got a couple of more years left, maybe next year. So go ahead and find this successor, if you can in this draft, because we, we've been at the top for a long time. It looks like we will win this AFC North division. We are the North, but Futuristically speaking, and I think I just made that word up. I love it. You need to go out on and get you a, a quarterback for the future Pittsburgh Steelers because the AFC is about to be one of the strong points in the NFL, about to be one of the tough divisions in the NFL. And it's starting with a quarterback.
1: Big Ben under contract through the 2021 season. He is 38 mm-hmm. years old. So, he has a little bit of time left under contract with the Steelers. Right. got to have some sort of contingency plan because father time catches everyone 38. He's starting to get, starting to get up there. And when you spent 17 years in the league at some point in time, you've got to figure out who the next guy is going to be. I would go through the draft and not through free agency, but the Steelers right. have to bring someone in that is a viable option to nah, carry this franchise forward.
0: Yeah. Just, I mean, you're gonna wind up get you're gonna wind up getting this quarterback late anyway, so you might as well do it. Just look at what the Green Bay Packers did with Jordan Love. Have, have say, ain't nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong with sitting. Patrick Mahomes had to sit, and you see what the hell he's doing. Aaron Rodgers had to sit, and you see what the hell he's doing. Tom Brady had to sit, and you see what the hell he's doing. Big Ben had to sit, you see what the hell he's doing. Russell Wilson had to sit. You see what the hell he do? Ain't nothing wrong with sitting. Ain't ain't nothing wrong with sitting. If you got time, if you can give it a a kid a year or two, two to stretch, two to stretching, you might as well go out on and get your successor, man. And I'm talking to the Pittsburgh Steelers Nation in the organization. You it ain't ain't nothing wrong because you're in a position right now. And when you do drive, it's gonna be all the way down there at the bottom. So you might as well do it this year
1: it will likely rekindle the flame with Big Ben to, to ball out on the final year of his Rogers. contract. as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes, you're in my mind again, Ike. You're in my mind. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Please go rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, Ike, I want to give a quick shout out to the listeners and to the folks over at betonline.ag as well and uh, the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, appreciate you too, Ike.
0: All day, 24 seven, wanna give a shout out to my dog, Mark Bergen. We're always smoking these shows. Wanna give a big shout out to all the listeners and the viewers. Make sure y'all five star us because we are diamond rated. It's a bet online. Thanks for sticking with us from, from day one. I really appreciate the 24 seven, never close, bet online, appreciate y'all guys. Believe, believe podcast, just the whole family. Thanks for giving me and Mark an opportunity to do what we do, and that's spit game at every level when it comes to this football talking.
1: I love that. From the undisputed Speed King as well. (laughs) I love that. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you next week after the Steelers and Bengals. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace.